0: Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Take your Bible and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. uh, Something we do every week here. We go to the Bible and uh, we read it. And then uh, we believe this that actually the grace of God, the Holy Spirit, can just lead us to go live this thing out. And so, um, I um, I'm going to read. I'm going to start in verse 17, guys. Instead of 12, I've, uh, we're going to be revisiting those other verses later in the series. Um, but Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 is where we will begin. And it's kind of funny. I just uh, we're kicking off a new series today called "Dear Christian," and uh, it was um, I used to sit down. And prepare a message, and I would always say, like, how am I going to fill up 35 or 40 minutes with something? I used to, my mind kind of operated that way. as we as young in ministry or whatever. And it's like, how, how am I going to do this for 40 minutes? And now I'm like, how can I narrow this down to 40 weeks? I mean, I literally, it's just kind of crazy, you know, kind of what's going on in my head now, my heart, you know, with the Word. It's just so big. It's so powerful. I just continue to lo- love it and learn more from it. So, but I uh, said, Corinthians chapter 5, we're going to start at verse 17. It says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ. He is a new creation. Amen. Anyone is in Christ. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. I love that word. We got to Cool word on on reconciliation a few weeks back during our unity service. That's online. If you're not here, go listen to that word. And uh, but it says verse 19: that is that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. We're his representatives we are ambassadors for christ as though god were pleading through us we implore you on christ's behalf be reconciled to god and i love 21 it says for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of god in him amen the one who knew no sin became sin for us. And so uh, I'm so thankful for that day. We're going to be maybe getting back to this passage today. It may be later in this series, but I want to get this word in us today to start laying down some things as we dig deep into a series called Dear Christian. But can we do something? Can we talk to the Father right now together? Join me in prayer if you would. Father, we just love you. We're so thankful today, God, that you've given us an opportunity to worship you, God. We thank you, Lord, that, uh, God, just for what you did during our first service today, God, and the lives that were changed there, God, and hearts that are being drawn to you, and for what you're getting ready to do today in this place, in this second service, God, we thank you for that. And, of course, Father, Lord, we, we need you, and, Lord, we have to have you, God. And, Lord, I just pray, God, that any person in this room today, God, who understands that they're a Christian, Lord, let them understand they're a Christian because of you. I help them understand they're a Christian because of you and uh, because of what you've done for them, God. And, Lord, we just want to follow you and do what you are calling us and leading us into. It's great and it's beautiful things, God. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Say it with me, church. Amen. 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 Have you ever received a letter? Not, not the eviction letter, not the here's your letter, don't come back to work. Tomorrow, uh, you know, not those. I mean, you may have received that, but that's not what I'm referring to. But have you ever received a letter from someone who cares? I mean, they genuinely care. I, um, I, I love letters. I, I just, I think they're still awesome. Um, there's the, the new generation coming up who don't know what they are, don't even understand what letters are. They think that, that these are letters, you know, and just, you know, everything is done this digital way, and that's cool. I like media and social media and technology. I'm cool with that, but I still love letters. I, I, if you have been here and you um, filled out one of our Connect cards when you came and visited it, you probably received a letter from me that I sat down, my computer wrote out, signed my name. Nobody, you know, what didn't send that to me by my desk, and I signed it off. It's because I just want to take time, to just send a letter. I think it's cool to get them. I, I remember letters that, uh, again, from people who care. My beautiful wife, who uh, was singing on the stage today, uh, we dated six years before we got married. And so uh, we were able to actually be high school sweethearts and that whole thing, you know, and it was awesome. And I remember uh, uh, just the excitement that would come when I would come out of class, that bell would ring, and I would get a letter from my wife. Now, I don't know if anybody, could, if you could see that from where you're at, but this is when I see and think about a letter, this is what I think of. And like, or uh, that, that, was, that was how we used to do the letters. I, I actually, this morning, myself, personally folded this up myself and did this. And uh, Pastor Chris asked me, he said, did you have to YouTube that? And I said, I did not YouTube it. I remember that. You know, I think I was part of creating that back in the day. But, I mean, I actually, and for those of you that don't know how to open these letters, I actually wrote the word Pull right there, because some of y'all don't know how that works, but just like magic, right there, bam, you know, the letter, and uh, I mean, it's just a miraculous thing how that unfolds, and, uh, and I, I just, I, I love them. I think they're awesome, and I think it's, it's, I think it's a pretty cool thing that, that Jesus speaks to us through letters, that he actually gave us his word and wrote us a letter. Some people say it's a love letter from God, different things the Bible is, and it's, it's, it's amazing, but I think it's so cool that he speaks to us through letters. And so I, I started looking at some of the things that you when you, know, when you think about letters, and Paul wrote letters, to the churches that he helped plan and, and help helps start, and he would address in those letters issues and things he would teach them, and he would equip them and for do the work of the ministry and all those things. Uh, Jesus wrote letters, we see the, the letters that he wrote in Revelation to seven churches and, and, and the things that were there, the encouragements, the warnings, the different things that would happen. Uh, I, I love a writer named C. S. Lewis. If you've ever heard of written any of C.S. Lewis's stuff, man, I think the dude to do was just brilliant. And um I love one of his writings. It's a book called The Screw Tape Letters. And just, just for a show of hands, anybody familiar with that book? Just raise your hand if you've read the screw tape letters. Okay. <laughs> cool. There you go. There you go. Just it, it is a it's a very cool book. I'd encourage you to read it. Let me just kind of set it up for you. The letter, uh, the book written, is called The Screwtape Letters, is actually written from the point of view of uh, a, a demon, kind of chief demon, who was writing letters to his nephew, Dear Wormwood. And so Wormwood would receive these letters, and this demon would write to his nephew, demon, trying to train him up and equip him how to cause the most devastation the most destruction and the most damage to the patient, to the one that he was assigned to. And so he would teach them that. And so it's, it's, it's something about, again, receiving that. And what, again, I, I believe in, in Scripture, again, we see letters that were written to us. And so what Dear Christian is, is uh, it's, it's just in my heart and the things that I feel like God's put in, in my heart, my spirit, and we're always going to go back to the Word to find out what that is because what he's put in my heart always has to line up with this or I can't get up here and say it. But what we see here, again, what would I write to the church today? What would I write to the Christians today? What do we need to take from the book? What love letter can we open up and can we write? Because, again, it's important when you receive a letter from someone who cares. So please understand this. The things that I say that will be challenging, some be encouraging, I, I want you to understand they will always come from a heart of care and a heart of love. And so I want us to dig deep this morning as we open this up and begin to see in this, this the word today Dear Christian, first of all, we must do this. We must find out what a Christian is, all right? Christian is this. I, 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 by definition, from the dictionary, again, you can go online or, again, if you've got the old school uh, Thorndike, Barnhart, Webster, where it may be. I'm, I, we had those stacked up on our uh, shelf. But by definition, from, from uh, the dictionary, it's this. And it's two things. This is, this is important. One is, in the dictionary, it's an adjective, and it's a noun, Okay, so just, just let that settle for a minute. Just again, it's, a diff, it's an adjective and it's a noun. The adjective by dictionary, uh, dot com, is this. It is of relating to or professing Christianity or its teachings. That's the adjective. Um, uh, the noun is this. It's a person who has received Christian baptism or is a believer in Jesus Christ and his teachings. Now, so, uh, again, we we see this. I don't exactly like the definition. We're going to find out in the Bible that's not entirely correct, but uh, I think it's, it's pretty cool. I do like this, though. I like the fact that it says this is an adjective and a noun. That tells me a couple of things now I know this has been the first week back to school for some of you, uh, so some of the students there's still smoke coming out your ears uh, right now you're still trying to process these things. We have a lot of educators and teachers and things in our church, and so uh, there's smoke coming out your ears as well and so uh, uh, you know but but these two things here are important. first of all, so, could somebody just help me preach for a minute? what is an adjective defines a noun Define. I told Define you. Describes a noun. Okay, good, because I was getting ready to say, we, we're, going, we're going to have to, you know, she's a teacher, just by the way, she's a teacher, but she created it. She did, in English, by the way. But it is a describing word, okay? Remember that. Again, this word is a describing word. Okay, now let's answer the question what is a noun? First of all, a idea. I mean, that stuff gets dri- drilled in your mind. I remember that on the test. I mean, that what a noun was. What a, what a in this case? And I like again the definition. It says it's a person. So I want you to grab this as, as tight as you can grab this. Again, the adjective and a noun. Being a Christian should describe you, and it should also define you. It is not just. What you do, it should describe you, but being a Christian is who you are. And so as we see this today, are we a Christian? Now, I'm going to come against some of what this world is telling us and what the enemy may be speaking to you and and trying to get us to adapt and grab hold of when we hear this word. Because again, what is a Christian? You're not just born a Christian the first time. It's not. That, that's, that's a lie. They, we, I, I, there are people today who think right now in their mind because they're an American, they're a Christian. It's sad because, again, we're in a Christian nation. I know we've gotten away from it, but, hey, we're a Christian nation. We, we were founded on these things, so I'm American. I'm a Christian nation. So it's not true. You know, there's people who are sitting in chairs and in pews throughout churches across the world today who who think they're Christian because they're sitting in a chair or a pew. Oh, Pastor, now you're getting judgmental. No, no, I'm not getting judgmental. That's that's the truth because the honest thing is that there are lies that get spoken to people and then they get told certain things. And even by hearing a definition such as this, it's just someone who, yeah, believes Jesus. Yeah, I believe that believes the teaching. Oh yeah, it's cool teaching. I believe it. Uh, uh, this, this, there's more to it. Um, so you're not born this Christian, you're born again as a Christian. And so again, Jesus has this conversation with Nicodemus in the heaven in the middle of the night and they're talking, and he says this, is what I do, he says, "You must be born again. You must be born again So he's letting them know. So again, this is not just something you just kind of fall into. There are people who have done this. They say that, well, I'm Muslim. Because again, my parents are Muslim. So it makes me a Muslim, and and there are people that think that and uh, and and have that understanding. There are people who think that you know. Actually, had this conversation with someone yesterday, last night, who knows someone who says they're Buddhist, but they're not a practicing Buddhist. I was like, okay, and 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 I, and so I don't guess they're rubbing. Buddha's belly, and uh, I, don't know, since I don't know how much, how do you practice that exactly, but, but I mean, they're not practicing that. And, 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 but, 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 again, they're born into that. Buddha's in a statue in their house, so they're Buddhist. Uh, there, there are some people who think because they have a statue of Jesus on their coffee table or there's a picture of him on the wall in the house, I'm Christian. Now, I'm, I'm not a practicing Christian. Um I am not practicing this but but this this is just kind of who I am because you know mom and daddy take me to church. Mom and daddy, you know, prayed to prayer. Mom and daddy kneeled their knee. Listen, please understand today, we don't get to heaven because mom and daddy kneeled their knee. We we get to heaven because we kneel ours. And, and, and we make that decision for ourselves. And it must be a personal choice. It must be a personal decision that we make. And, and there's a term going around now that, that I just kind of, the Holy Spirit started messing with me on last night. And as I was thinking about these things, these people who are these, uh, these different faiths or different religions and, and uh, who, who grab hold and gravitate to certain things, there are terminologies today that now they have become radicalized. And it's these radicalized people who have adopted certain mindsets that are going out there and they're willing to lay their life down because they've become radicalized. And and even the term today, they've grabbed hold of this. Some say this, that they are self-radicalized that do this. Please understand, when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to Christ, you don't self-radicalize yourself. The spirit radicalizes you, and he can take your life. And then, when you come to decision, a place where you say this, you get radical about Jesus. You're willing to lay your life down. You're willing to lay down everything and put it all aside. It's when you come to that place, but you must do it. You must make the choice. You must make the decision. Nobody can make it for you. So again, and when today, please understand in this series, writing the letter, dear Christian, you're going to ask yourself at end this. this message today, is he talking to me? Is he talking to me? So I, I, I want to do something. I, first of all, again, we're going to lay a foundation for, for this thing, <clears throat> but I, I want to look at the Bible and I want to show you there are only three times in scripture where this word Christian is used. And uh, I, I'm thankful that, again, just that he's placed this word here, and we're going to find out again exactly what it means according to the Bible and the original text, how this word was written. And and I like that he did it in three. I think uh, God did that for me. He, if you take notes right here, you know that I like to work in three sometimes. And so, again, he, he, he actually put it in here three times. So I want to show you today the three times that we see the word Christian in Scripture and what I think and I believe by the Holy Spirit is speaking through this word today. And the first one is this. It is something that we're called. Okay, it's just something. So if you're taking notes, it's, it's something that we're called or some are called. It's it's, it's something they're called. It's, it's, it's a Christian. So do this if you will. If you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 11, I want to show you the first place that we see this word in Scripture. First time that we ever hear the word Christian in the Bible. We see this here in Acts chapter 11, verse 26. Acts chapter 11, verse 26. And when he had found him, He brought him to Antioch, and so it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were called, say this with me, Christians in Antioch. First time we hear the word here. First time we see this. It's the very first time that we hear the word Christian in the Bible, and this is something that people were called. Listen, don't you understand something? A Christian is not just something you call yourself, it's something others call you. you no, know, I, I learned a song in kids' church. I don't know if they still do this, and maybe back. I don't know if it's, it's not a bad song, but it's just, you know, I am a CH. I am a C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, and again, there's nothing wrong with me saying that I'm a Christian. It's awesome. Now, listen. Y'all's gonna be, y'all are they're going to be singing that going home. I'm, I'm sorry, but maybe you should. But, but please understand this. Listen, is something that they're called... Now, why would they call them this? Why would they call them Christian? Why would they say this to them or about them? And it is because of the biblical definition of this word. The first time we see it in Scripture, here it is laid out. The word Christian, it means a follower of Christ. What? I thought it was that I thought those teachings were true. That's what Webster said. Okay, yeah, I believe Jesus did. Yeah, I'm a Christian, right? No. According to what the book says, it's people who follow Christ. And so they did this, and many theologians. Have 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 gotten the mindset within their their minds that that this was a derogatory term. that They were actually calling this to them or saying this about them in in a in a in a, in a, in a kind of a bad light or whatever. I don't know exactly how that played out wasn't there, but but it, it is you know it is one of those things that they were able to do by this by seeing their life. They physically saw those people and they said this about them. That's those Christians. Because those people were following around a guy named Christ. Now, that has to tell me this. If I'm not following Christ, I'm not a Christian. Well, Pastor, I don't, they, they, this is what we see. Now, now, please grab, please grab what I'm getting ready to say next, that the enemy has done this to some of you. The moment I said that, well, you're not perfect, so you can't follow Christ. Listen, please understand, all the more reason to follow him, because we're not perfect, so we're going to do this. We're going to follow the perfect one, and we're going to do what he does, and we're going to say what he says. And we were singing the song just a few moments ago. I didn't catch it during the first service, but it hit me hard the second service, and we were singing, man, if he says go to the left, I'm going to go to the left. Some of y'all looked at that and saw that said, man, that's foolishness. That's Christianity. That's him saying, go to the right, and you say, okay. But, but John was one, I like the left. Now go this way. It, this, it, and, and we're singing it, some of y'all are like, man, I don't know if I can, that is cool. I can't get up there, and I can't, Listen. This is Christianity. These people were doing this. They were following him. They actually were just walking around following this guy. And they would look at their lives. They would see by what they did and what they said, how they lived, that they were Christians. Now listen, what does the world think today when they think of Christian? What if we showed them? What if we let them see? What is it that immediately comes to this world's mind so many times when they hear that word? A bunch of judgmental, hypocritical liars and thieves and all they want are these things. Listen, that is not Christianity. Christianity are those that follow Christ. We're not perfect. So we say this, God, I got to follow you i got a plan, but I'm going to follow yours because it's better. I, I I got some things, but I'm going to do what you're saying because it's better. And this word that I like about Webster, it should describe us. It should, it should, when they see our lives, Acts chapter 4, verse 13. This is what they said about these guys. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, And untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. I think what we try to do, man, we want to marvel someone. And we want to show somebody how by our knowledge and how educated or how trained or how well or how much or how this or how that. Listen, how they will know how when they look at our lives, how they will truly marvel is when they look at us and they say, He's been with Jesus. He's followed him around. And I want them when they see this church. When they see our hearts, they say, wait a minute. I know that's a bunch of people who've gotten together different educations, different colors, different races, all these things. But you know something? They've been with him. What what categorized this? What got them in this place? Their boldness and their willingness to go against the comfort of this world to willingness to go against what everybody else says, to go against what the world calls a Christian and says, I'm willing to be what the Bible calls a Christian. And they're willing to follow him. So they lived their life in following of him. They did this. And, and, and this was something they were called. to. listen, I want us to get to the place. I want us to change Christian term again. I, I, I want us to, I, and I, some people are like, man, oh, man, you really think that can happen or whatever? Yeah, I think God's going to do incredible things. And it's going to start right here in this place. I believe we can really, truly, I believe we can change the world. I, I believe, again, we're part of a bigger plan It's going to be a part of it. It's not just us. But I believe God can do things in this church, and he can do things in our life, that when people hear the term Christian, it no longer has a, that, that derogatory, negative meaning again. But when they look at it, they say, man, that's a bunch of Christ followers. That's a bunch of people following Jesus around. I'm telling you, when we follow him around and do what he says, he'll change our life. And so we must do this. Follow this Christ. It's called a Christian. Second thing is this. A Christian is, unfortunately, is something people play with the idea of. It's something that people play with the idea of. It's, it's, this, this is heartbreaking, but this is something that people play with the idea of. We see the first one. We see the context in which it's there written that these people look at their life and they see, man, they're a Christian because they follow Christ. It, uh, but this is also, again, we see the next passage of scripture where this word is used. This is something that people play with the idea of. The second time that the word Christian is used in Scripture is in Acts chapter 26. And in verse 28, this is what it says. <coughs> Then Agrippa said to Paul, "You almost persuade me to become a Christian." Let me just kind of set this for just a moment. This this is Paul being brought in and being placed in front of all of these. Big names, big wig, uh, high class, high fluin, all these big class of people, and he gets up there and he by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the, the grace of God is covering his life, he gets up in front of Agrippa. and he does this. He tells them what Jesus did in him. That's it. He literally gets up and he tells them what Jesus did in him. And he's being this Christian. He's he's following Christ around and then he's getting up and boldly proclaiming this. And then this is what takes place. He is in this and where he's literally, if you know anything about this guy, this guy was killing Christians. This guy was taking the life of them and literally killing. And then now he's doing this. He's no longer persecuting them. He's willing to be persecuted for him. And so he does this. This guy is now saying, I'm willing to die for this thing. I'm willing to lay it all down. And then he gets up and he tells them. He starts telling them the story. And it's just amazing to me how he can get up and he's hearing. Imagine just for a moment. Agrippa is hearing this from the guy who wrote most of the New Testament. Again, we know it's God's word. Holy Spirit pinned that through him. And he took this man and used him. But please understand this. Paul himself is getting up and sharing and telling the story. And Agrippa was able to, after all that he had heard, say, you almost persuade me. almost persuade me to become a Christian. Again, I don't know if he said that laughingly. You <laughs> almost got me. I don't know if he was really seriously torn in this place. And he sat there and he heard the words. And he looks at Paul and, and, and with sincerity. He was serious. I, I don't know. I, I believe he probably was. So I don't think you can hear that. I don't think you can hear that and not be in some way affected. And he hears this. He hears the gospel. He hears that Jesus gave his life for him. He hears that Jesus got on his cross and, and how this guy gave everything and, and died and then resurrected. Goes to heaven. And he's come again. He hears all of that. Here's how it did it, this changing transformation in Paul's life. He hears that. He says, almost. Please understand, listen. When Agrippa pals before the throne, almost is not good enough. He's not gonna be able to say, you know, Jesus, I I was close. He won't be able to, and he maybe will, maybe he will be able to say that. But it will not change things. And, And this happens right now, there are people who play with this idea of Christian. And play with this idea of, of Christianity and, and what that looks like and what that means. And I, I don't know what was the deciding factor for Agrippa. I, I don't know if he was almost persuaded. But Paul, that's not enough evidence. I'm going to need a little more. I, I don't know if he was like, Paul, I was, I'm, I'm almost there. Man, look at me, position I'm in, and look at you. I think we can sometimes look at our earthly gain and maybe say, hey, I'm doing okay. That person's not, so I'm better off. I don't know what his reasoning was. I don't know if it was a pride thing or or if, if maybe... You know something? I tried that one time. I went to one of those church services. Man, you know some Those Christians, they hurt me. Some of us are going, man, that's a valid response because I I've, I've felt that and that's hurt and it's tough. Yeah, church hurts some of the worst. But in the end... He will not be able to say almost. Can I come on in? Aren't you thankful that Jesus didn't almost get crucified? Aren't you thankful that Jesus didn't like... He was on the whipping post. He took the 39 lashes and beaten, that crown was placed on his head. Beaten, beard ripped from his face. And just as they was getting ready to hammer the nail, he called the angels down and said, no, no, can't do this. You know what he did? He struggled with that. But he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. My wife, you know what Christianity is? Say, not mine, God. Yours. This is what I love. God's will is always better than your will. Every time. Every time. Every time you see it. And so none of these things that he'll be able to say will work in that day. None of those things that any of us, man, you know, some pastor, I served in a ministry. It's good. I used to put something in that bag when it came by. It's good. It's good. Almost. Almost. This is not something we to toy with. Now, I don't know what you're expecting to hear when you say, man, dear Christian's kicking off. I know there's some places out there right now that's maybe telling you the Christians other and other things, and we're going to get to a lot about Christianity and what that means. It's going to be very cool, the things that we're going to see. But this is what the Bible says a Christian is. Not what a man said. And this is what it looks like for us. And number three thing this morning is, Christian is, it's something that we give our life for. We literally, we give our life for this. And I know that does this. I know we might could get more people in this building if I said something other than that. But this is what this Bible tells me. It is something that we lay down in our life for. And why would we do something like that? Because he laid his life down for us. And we're going to say we're Christian, We're Christ. We're in us. We're doing what he does. We're following him. And you know what he did? He went all the way to the cross and laid everything down. And this is what I want to do. I want to be able to lay my life down for him. And we see the third thing in scripture this morning. The third and final time we see this word used in 1 Peter chapter 4. Verse 16, we see this word once again for the final time. It says, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this manner. What? Let this be the thing that happens. And and, and this literally becomes for us something we lay down our life for. And and, and (laughs) I hope you get it. It's when you lay it down that he raises you up and does all these beautiful things. But it starts here. It starts with this decision. We say this, we'll lay it all down. In Acts 1.8, I love this verse. We see in Acts 1.8 the very last words that Jesus spoke before he left this earth. He's getting ready to ascend to heaven. And he looks down and he speaks this and he says this to those those disciples. He says that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. I'm like, this is huge. We have to understand this, what Jesus is saying here. He's literally saying this. This word witness is the word martus in, in, in the Greek, and it is where we get our word martyr. Some of you have heard that word. It is where we get a martyr from, and it means literally laying it down. And these guys, this is where this word originated. We see it in Scripture, and this is where they lay it down. And listen to this definition. It is one who testifies to the truth he has experienced or encountered. He is one who testifies to the truth of what he's experienced or encountered. Now listen, if right now you're saying, man, I don't want to know if I want to lay my life down, you may have to ask yourself, have you encountered him? Because I believe this, if you truly encounter him and you see what he's done for you and you receive that, it'll take you to a place. Now, Now, I, I was sitting there last night. And I was, I was looking at some of the, just literally, I was just reading and, and studying some of the things of people who physically gave their life. And, and this is, again, this word, witness, it's martyr, martus, this person who, who's doing this. People who physically give their lives. They lay those things down. And, and, and it was just like the Holy Spirit began to just speak to me. And, and, and he was just, I don't know, just, was just hitting me so hard with this. And, and I don't believe this, that most of us are probably asked to physically lay our life down. You may come to that place or time. I don't know how this, you don't know. But I believe he's saying this of us today. Will you lay down your will and your plans I was reading and, and I, my heart was broken as I was reading about those who were literally now, not like years ago, or like right now in other countries, happening, maybe as we speak, that a blade is coming down the back of their neck and their head is being removed from their body. Pastor, why are you going to say that? Because it's happening. Why would you do that? How would you get up? Listen, that's going on. And you know what? I, I, I believe the Spirit of God is saying to us that we're willing to do this. We're willing to take down our plans, our faults, our minds, and our, 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 our vision. Set it aside and say, God, what's yours? And now i literally become willing to lay everything down. And, and this word again, this word "martus" is one who's witnessed something. This is actually is a legal term as well, back during this time. And I, I, I'm afraid what's happened today is people are not able to testify of anything. It's because they haven't encountered anything. <laughs> you cannot do this. You can, you can tell this, my story, but that doesn't make you the witness. We can have a great person come in here and they have this great story and they tell this big great thing about what happened in their life and then we can go out and tomorrow we could tell them about that guy. We're not a witness. You know who the witness is? The one who encounters. This is what I love about Jesus. He wants you to encounter him, experience him, have a relationship with him, and, and become this true witness for him. As our worship team comes around, I want you to just as quietly as you can just stand to your feet, please. And right there where you're standing. I want to ask you this question. Because we're, I'm telling you, there's I've, it's like every series, I'm like, man, I get, I'm more excited about this one than the last one. I'm going, how does that happen? I don't know, just something just stirring in my heart. I just get so excited. I'm so excited about where we're going to go in this this journey. But I want to ask this question of you. Is this letter that we're going to open up and read over the next however long God has us in this series. Is your name in there? If you bow your heads, if you would, I, I just—I mean, I sense the presence of God. I mean, it's been so strong all morning long, and I believe right now that the Holy Spirit is speaking to hearts and lives. Listen again, according to what we've read in the Bible, we've showed the three places this word is written. These are disciples. These are followers. These aren't attenders. It's not nationalities. It's not prestige, social status, your job. It's who you are in Him. And again, just go ahead. If anything the enemy is trying to place in your mind about this whole per- perfection, you can't measure up, you can't no, just go ahead and just tell, him, nope, sure I can't. That's why I'm turning to Jesus. That's why I'm giving my life to Him because I'd never be able to. But the one who knew no sin became it for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him.